What's up, what's up? How's everybody? Hey, I hope you guys had an amazing week. I hope everybody's team won. I'm glad to see you all back after a couple days break. How many you enjoyed your break? Yes? I did. How many of you guys got out of town the last couple days? Any? A few? The rest were in town? All those free days out of school? Well, listen, tonight we're back in our series, Creatures of Habit. How many of you guys have been putting your stickers out everywhere? Anybody in the room? I can say that we've noticed a couple middle school students and a couple high school students trying to break some, some bad habits. I saw one this week where uh, one, of our, one of our high school guys actually took a few of these little stickers on their seat. These are for you if you have bad habits to break. You stick them there so you break them. But one student actually took these and put a couple right across the top of his windshield in his car so he would stop speeding. I was like, dude, that's one of the best I've seen so far. So I hope you're uh, taking use and using these stickers. They're great. They're not just to stick on anything but something to help you break a habit. So this week we're in week three. Week one, how many remembers what Trevor chatted about on week one? Anybody? Bring it back. Remember whenever a guy named Jim was messing with a guy named Dwight and he tried to create a little habit for, uh, for Dwight to stick his hand out? And you guys remember that one? That was a good one. Because he would ring his little computer, sounded like a Windows thing opening, and every time Dwight would hear it, he'd stick his hand out and then Jim would stick a mint in his hand. And so he kept doing that over a few days. And at the end of it, if you remember, Dwight, I mean, Jim hit the, hit the sound. Dwight sticks his hands out. Jim looks at him and is like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. He didn't know what he was doing because it was a habit that he had built in. And then all of a sudden he didn't stick anything. But man, my, my mouth is dry. It feels like it needs a mint right now. So that's what Trevor introduced, the whole idea that we have unhealthy habits. And I hope through this series that maybe the Lord has been working in you to break some of those habits that you need to get out of your lives. In week two, Stallion... Let's give it up for Stallion in the room. We love that guy. We can give it up for Trevor too, because I think he's with us. Everybody give a hand up for Trevor. I didn't do that. All right. Awesome. But uh, Stal talked to us about having unhealthy habits of one of materialism. And, and the idea was for us just to learn to be thankful. I mean, we live in an area where really God blesses us. We live in some nice homes. We, we wear nice clothes. A lot of us drive nice cars and have nice things. But let's not take those things and, and like say, hey, we want the next big thing or whatever. But may we just be content with what we have and allow God to bless us as we go along. But uh, that's what tr- that, uh, Stow talked about. And then tonight, we're going to be doing something different. If you notice right now, we're not in the next series of worship because tonight we're going to end our night in a time of worship. So tonight, the new habit is one thing I realized is that, and I got excited about this. We started talking about this series back in May. One of the things that I brought up was the idea of like this idea of praise habit. And I love that idea. I'm, I love worship and I love praise. And I was like, you know, what if we instilled in the heart of our students just the idea of having, um, an, an idea of having habit of, of praise and worship? Do you guys, what do you think about that? Yeah? Because when we do that, and we'll learn more about it tonight, man, God can do some amazing things through us. And so tonight we're going to talk about, the topic of tonight is called praise habit. Because I think and I believe that a lot of students, a lot of us don't spend a lot of time in God's presence. And this is a way in which we can have God begin to have, be more in our lives and we give him more space to be in there. For the first thing tonight about a praise habit is the first one about it is called posture is important. It's important. When I was in high school, there was a little team called the Chicago Bulls. 
There was a guy named Michael Jordan. There was a guy named Scottie Pippen, a guy that I liked a lot named Horace Grant, who actually was a graduate of Clemson. And that guy was an amazing defender. But they actually went on to win six championships in their streak together. It's a pretty amazing feeling to see these guys who, you know, went from all different colleges but ended up being together for a season to, like, do some amazing things. So for me, as a high school student, I wanted to be able to experience and feel what it felt like to do what they do to win how they won. And so what I started to do is like, well, at that point, I was like middle school and high school, so I wasn't real good. So what my dad does, he started sending me to basketball camps. And when I went to basketball camp for the first season, like I was not very good at shooting the basketball. So I, my coach said to me, he's like, you know what you gotta do, Dixon? You gotta, you gotta position yourself in a way to be able to shoot well. So what he did is he stuck me close to a wall. If you know anything about a basketball gym, you know how you got the big cinder block bricks that are everywhere? I think Lexington has like a nice painting on theirs and I think River Bluff and Gilbert has like all these different ones. But what he did is he had me count 10 up. If you go 10 up, that's exactly 10 feet. That's the height of the goal um, in, on a basketball goal, right? So he had me stand just a few feet away from that brick and all I could do is I could sit there, I could bend my knees and posture myself correctly to get my hand correctly and then sit there forever and just keep hitting that block, hitting that block, hitting that block. And you know from that, he wouldn't let me back up. How many of you know like when people come on the basketball court, like if they're just playing around at school, a lot of them take the ball, run to the three-point line, and they try and shoot the long shot. You guys know what I'm talking about? You ever done that before down front? Yeah, you've done that before. We all have done it. But he wouldn't let me do that. He was like, no, no, you got to work on your posture. And after you get that posture down, you can hit that block, then you can take a couple steps back. And then you just keep hitting that block. And after a while, me posturing myself, doing that correctly, I was able to hit, I could hit shots pretty well. And so I went on to learning how to do that, but not only that, but he said, if you're gonna, if you're gonna shoot, well, that's great, but now you get on the ball handle. So he taught me how to dribble, not just with my right hand, but also with my left hand, go between my legs all around, all this ball handling stuff, because it was posturing me in a way that I could be a great basketball player. So when I got to high school, I did really well. I actually started on the varsity squad when I was a freshman after going through all this training. And then by the time I hit my junior year, it was a year, we never won a state championship, but in my junior year, uh, I was on a team where we actually won the conference championship. And in one of those games, I actually scored 42 points in one game. So for me, I had a lot of fun. I started to feel what these guys from Chicago Bulls were feeling. They're feeling a thing of like, I can do this, but they could also win a championship. So for me, that was a huge blessing. Now, here's the deal. When you think about basketball, you think about position yourself in football, any cheerleaders in the room? A few. You know, you have to position yourself in a way to do well, right? You want to win. Anybody like to win? Y'all don't like to win? Do you like to win? Thank you. We do like to win. We're in District 1. We, we win almost everything sometimes. Right now, we're struggling in some sports. But other than that, District 1 is doing really well when it comes to that. Well, here's the deal. We got to position ourselves the same way in worship. If we want to have a heart after God's own heart, like when we position ourselves to, to connect with the Lord, like he wants you to win too, but you know, you have to give him some space to be able to work inside your life. When I got to college, I went to a school called Liberty University in Virginia. And when I got there, um, you know, I came on campus. I came from a small church. I mean, if we had 40, 50 people on Sunday, it was awesome. And it was very much traditional and we sang a lot of hymns. And so I grew up hearing hymns, but I really didn't have <laughs> truly a heart of worship. And when I got there to college, you know, at that point, we had about 6,000 students on campus. Now there's over 20,000 students on campus. And I think they have a picture. Hopefully you can see that picture. But when I got there, that gymnasium was about half full. Now it's completely full. And three days a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 10 a.m., they have a thing called convocation. And what I noticed in convocation, I saw college-age students worshiping in a way I never saw them worship before. 
I saw students who were free to raise their hands. I saw students with their eyes closed. I saw students literally sometimes dancing of their own to gym floor because they were just excited to be with their friends, excited to be worshiping and be in God's presence. So for me, I started to say, okay, I want to I want what they want. I want what they have, right? So every once in a while, I'd raise my hand, you know? And then after a while, I would say, all right, well, this is kind of the trend. I'd just close my eyes. And I realized when I closed my eyes and worship, the people, my buddies around me who were distracting sometimes, I never saw them. So by me being in that space, I could hear people worshiping. You know, it's really cool being in a room that large where, you know, you have thousands of students and there's kind of ripples in the room and you could hear it. So with my eyes closed and my hands up, man, I just started to feel God's presence like I'd never felt before. It was an amazing experience. And ever since then, I really just, I love worship. I love to hear it. I love to hear it in the car and ever I'm at. And so even when I take my kids to school, when I get that chance, I put on worship. When I get myself up in the morning and get in the shower, I have on worship. When I'm chilling in my office and I'm writing curriculum or anything I'm doing, there's worship on in my office. And I want you guys to have that same excitement for hearing like worship and like being in God's presence. There's a guy named David Crowder. He wrote a book called Praise Habit. And this is what he said. He said, things are often more meaningful when they come out of natural need. You don't think about the beating of your heart until things go amiss, and there aren't many things much sweeter than breath after the lack of it. So think about that. You don't think about your heart beating, but right now, are you plugged into any electrical socket? Are you? No. Your heart is just beating. I think that's an amazing thing that we literally aren't connected to anything, but our heart just beats. And we just breathe. Like, we don't just tell ourselves to breathe, we're just breathing. And so what he's saying there is, you know, worship's the same way. My hope at the end of this message tonight, that you're gonna, like, care so much about worship, just like you do caring about breathing, or that your heart beats so that you stay alive. If you've ever ran when you're starting a new season of whatever, and you haven't ran for the summer, and then you start to, like, run hard, you lose your breath, and you realize, man, I really need more breath, Right? Well, the same idea here with worship. It's like, if, as soon as you start to experience it, be in it, man, you just want more of it. You want it like your heart's beating or you want it like the breath that you have. We need a fresh anointing of God's spirit in our lives. That's the truth. We need a fresh anointing of God's spirit in our lives on a daily basis. The spirit of in God, here's what happens. He inhabits, the Bible says, he inhabits the praises of his people. So as we're worshiping, God then enters into our lives and begins to move in our lives through worship. Romans 12:1 says this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Our bodies are living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So two things in there. One is a living sacrifice. You're like, well, what in the world is that? Well, in the Old Testament, what people would do is they take, take animals, which were set apart and were clean, perfectly clean, and then they would sacrifice those things unto the Lord. And the idea was the idea of atonement. Jesus, what he did on the cross, took the place of that. So for us, what we're to do is not come and like say, hey, I want to give my life as far as like dying or anything. But the idea is that we are given our way, given our lives in a way that sacrificially we're saying, God, use our lives. Like that's what we're to do. And the second part of that verse, it talks about spiritual worship, which is your spiritual worship. So as soon as we start to have lives that like honor the Lord and we're living right, then we have this thing in us where we're not worshiping all the other things in the world. Stow talked about last week, sometimes whenever we want certain clothes or want certain things, sometimes like those are things we kind of put above the Lord because that's more important or maybe a sport or something else is more important than whenever we, you know, say it's more important to the Lord. Where for us, we're gonna say, no, no, no. When we give ourselves before the Lord, like that spiritual thing, 
That's our spiritual form of worship, that we say that we're gonna worship the Lord above everything else. And then, know this, when we begin building that lifestyle of worship, what's it gonna be for people? They're gonna see an example of what's in us. So what happens is they see us worshiping, and there's something different. When I walked in that room at Liberty, you know, I saw students like I'd never seen before worship, friends from all over the world. And it changed me, man. It like made me want to see, like I, wa- I saw them and I wanted what they have. So what happens is if we start to do that, it becomes an outward expression of worship. We'll reveal to everyone else that there's an inward reality that God is doing something special in us. So when God is moving in our lives and his spirit is in us, and man, we just live our days because we're just worshiping the Lord because life is so good, because God is good in us, then we, we begin to smile more. Would you guys like to smile a whole lot more? There's a few in the room that smile a whole lot. And I like it. I think it's awesome. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about, some of you. So we won't just smile more, but we're going to be happier. Do you guys want to be happier? Hello? Do you want to be happier? Yeah, are you tired of being down sometimes? Yeah, well, you'll be happier. And then you're going to walk in a new step. You're going to walk in a new way because now the Spirit of God, you're giving Him room to, like, inhabit you. It says that the Spirit of God inhabits the praise of people. So as we're praying, as we're praising Him throughout our day, man, we have this, like, new step. We smile. We, you know, we're a lot happier. People notice that. And the Old Testament is filled with words and examples of praise and worship. And there are seven words that are called Hebrew words that basically give us an example and a meaning and kind of a posture as we think about, you know, how, how can we do this? I wish I would have known about this when I was in high school because these words actually would show me a posture because people really didn't clap in my church and people didn't raise their hand in my church. And then so it wasn't a normal thing. But I mean, in the Old Testament, here's some words I'm about to give you in a second. So if you have your phones, feel free to take notes by taking pictures of these next things um, because they're really good to take home. Middle school students now, instead of writing, I'm one of those ones that like, I don't like to write so much. I like to take pictures because I'm a visual learner. Um, So if you have your phones, feel free to do that. Take notes. So the first one of the night of our seven praise habits is called Shabbat. And Shabbat is something we call to shout. And it's you know, the idea that it expresses the confidence in God's ability. So we're going to shout and let the world know that we love God and God is amazing. You get that? I want to I do a test of this to see how excited you guys are. Do we have any USC fans in the room? I mean, okay, after yesterday, you can still get excited, you know? I was excited for you when it was 16 to 16. I was really bummed to see it go downhill. You know what I mean? But hey, here's the deal. Do we have any USC fans in the room? All right, you do. All right, so when I say game, you say game, game. They're not happy today. All right, do we have any Clemson fans in the room? We do. So when I say Clemson, you say Clemson, Clemson. I could do the whole chant thing, but I'm not going to. But there it goes. You get a little thing at the end. I've been there, done that. Love the Tigers. Love the Gamecocks, but love the Tigers a little bit more. Okay, so listen. See how excited? See how excited you all of a sudden were when I talk about your favorite team? Gamecocks a little less today, but you know what? Last week when they got the big win, my Gamecock friends were excited when they showed up on Sunday morning. They had their Gamecock attire on, and they were going nuts. But this same excitement, listen, listen, that same excitement you feel in a stadium of 80,000 people at either place, the excitement that we have for the Lord should be even more. We just shout even louder about the Lord because how good he is and how much he provides for us and what he does for us as opposed to getting crazy about some gamecock or some, what's that called, a rooster, chicken, something? Gamecock, yeah, thank you. I don't know, my brain went there. So 
But you should be even more excited about the Lord and shout and let people know, hey man, God is amazing. Psalm 145.4 says this, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts, shout praise. That's what we should be doing. So we need to declare from generation to generation that our God is great. Our God is amazing, man. That's what we should be getting excited about. Not the tigers and not the gamecocks. But man, we should get more excited about the Lord and what he's doing. The next one is called Barak. And the idea of that one is to bow. It's like whenever you, you know, well, let's say this. To bow, to express humility, is to kneel and bless the Lord. It's kind of like a king. Think about a king. When, 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 people, when a king walks into the room, what do the people in the room do? They bow before the king. That's what happens. So imagine us before the Lord, bowing before the Lord. Sometimes it happens in worship. I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but I've been to places where I've seen students literally on their faces before the Lord because they're so moved by God that he's moving in them. So here's what Psalm 95, 6 through 7 says. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. So we are to be before the Lord, and we're to worship him that way. I don't know if you've ever been on your knees before the Lord, but it is an amazing feeling that you have. There was one conference I went to years ago when I first started in youth ministry, and I got to the conference, and all of a sudden the worship begins, and a guy named uh, Chris Tomlin, of all things, like now he's a little older and, you know, kind of, I don't know if we do much of his worship here, but the thing was, he was young then, and some song that he was singing, I don't remember it, um, but you know what? I went in the room and I was standing by my buddy that we went to this conference together and I literally was like, I was, I couldn't, I couldn't get up. I was weeping. Like God had like his spirit had come over me and I never had that feeling at that point in my life. But it's like, I could, I could, should have been on my knees, I guess, but I couldn't because there was like chairs in front of me. But man, I just felt God's presence in a way that, man, I just, I just couldn't come up. And so for us, my hope, my prayer for you is like somehow that you would kneel before him. You'd think about just bowing before him and like maybe even in worship that you would do that. My hope that you would experience what I experienced because it was unreal and I never forget about it. It was amazing. The next one's called Yada. And that one is to extend or lift the hand in worship. It says it expresses gratitude and thankfulness and surrender. Psalm 63, 1 through 4 says, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. And as in a dry and weary land where there is no water, so I have looked up upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. So that one is that we just lift our hands before the Lord. You know, what I notice about our middle school students is when a couple of them start to do it, like they just go for it. This morning in our group in ninth grade, um, we told the students, sometimes you get like these things where you get like these um, kind of, like a lens to see through. When you're younger, you, you don't experience things like you do whenever you're older because now your friends are like, well, it's not cool to do this. It's not cool to do that. But last year it was cool to do it. Why is it not now? Because someone's told you that it's not. So for me, what I love about middle schoolers, they aren't where you are yet. Like they're still willing like, to go for it and raise their hands and all that. Like my hope is that you would be unhindered. Like you just want to raise your hands because man, it's just so good. Lord, we just, we don't be in your presence. We get, get excited. I mean, how many of you girls go to concerts any of you go to concerts? You ever like get excited and scream and raise your hands like, woo, like that? It happens all over. We should get just that excited, even more excited about worshiping the Lord as we do about getting excited at the concerts. The next one's called Tawdah. It expresses adoration, 
or a deep love and respect. The idea is this, to surrender and sacrifice. If you look at that, when the idea is like this, if a cop walks up, yeah, you do that, right? The cop walks up, you're like, I didn't do it. You know, like, I'm not, or if you get in trouble, like, you do it like this. The idea is that you're surrendering. Did you saying, Lord, I'm just releasing all myself. It's not, I'm unhindered, and I'm just giving myself and all to you. I surrender myself, Lord. I give you space. May your spirit move in me, and may you feel him fully, because, man, you're surrendering. It's not you're in control, but he's now in control. Psalm 50, 23 says, the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To the one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. So the one who offers thanksgiving as a sacrifice glorifies me. So we're like, thank you, Lord, for all you've done. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in my life. And you're just surrendering yourself to him. So it says, to the one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. So may you guys worship in a way that like you just say, hey, Lord, I love you. Thank you for all you've done. And you're just like this. The next one's halal or halal. And that one is to rave and to boast, to celebrate extravagantly. The root of the word of that is called hallelujah, which means praise, halah, and then to jah, which is God. So we are to, we are to praise God. We're to praise the Lord. Hallel expresses joy, jubilation, and celebration. I remember when I was in college, I started dating my wife, and she went to a church in Virginia, and it was a charismatic church, charismatic Presbyterian church of all things. You think of Presbyterians as like very much, you know, order and, you know, just organs and, and pianos or whatever, but it wasn't. It was like five or 6,000 people in a room. It was a big church. And man, I saw college students like dancing before the Lord, and they were just alive, and like nothing was holding them back, and there were people like just worshiping the Lord. And so for me, they were like, they were celebrating. It was like a celebration going on. And there's times whenever we're in worship and like we should celebrate what God is doing. Celebrate him for who he is and what he's done for us, right? So I got to see that and my hope is for you that you would get excited just to get excited for those Gamecocks or those Tigers or whatever else you celebrate. But you would celebrate just like this and you would praise the Lord. Next one's Tehla. I like this one a lot. It's to sing, chant, and praise in the spirit. Singing scripture to instruct and encourage so that you're, you're singing in a way that you have, it says, to shout for joy in the Lord. In Psalm 31, 33, 1 says, Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise benefits the upright. So that is that we shout joy not about the Lord, but in the Lord. That means as we're shouting joy and we're worshiping him, it gives room for his spirit to enter us. So it's like we're worshiping in the spirit. And I don't know if you've ever felt that, but it is an unreal experience when you're literally so into it. And one of the ways I've heard it here so far is whenever I ask students, I'm like, what is, what is the one time that when you were here in Mahorib, like, or even somewhere else, like all your years so far, like where have you experienced when you're worshiping the Lord like the most? And everybody would say at Confirmation Weekend. How many of you guys did a Confirmation Weekend? How unreal is the worship at Confirmation Weekend? Do you guys remember it? Super good, super unhindered. Nobody friends are there. Just all the friends who are saying, hey, we're committed to getting together with the Lord and grow from our lives in the future. And the worship is just unreal, I've heard. Never seen it yet, seen pictures, seen a few video clips, never seen it. But if you think of that, it's like it's unhindered. And the spirit, no doubt that weekend, is inhabiting all of you. And like, that's what it is. So it allows the, the spirit of God to indwell into your lives. Similar to that, if you know what that is. The last one is Zamar. It's to make music by striking the fingers on strings or parts of a musical instrument. So when we play instrumentally, it facilitates a holy atmosphere. It's not just church fun music. It's Zamar. See, here's what I know. 
is whenever the band is on stage, it's not that they're up here playing to entertain you. They're up here because they're worshiping. One of my favorite dudes on this stage week in and week out is a guy named Kel Donald. He's the dude that's up here that's always playing the bass. He plays in main services, but some Sunday nights he's here. But you know, I love it. He does this thing. I've always, I've known Kel for a long time since we were like high school or college. And I, I'd always say to him, I love when he gets the stank face on. It's like he gets this face and he's so into it and he's worshiping. He doesn't care about anything else. He's just in the moment. That's whenever he's playing. Because they're here to worship the Lord and bring you into his presence. They're not here to entertain you. They're here to worship God and you then worship along with them. Can I say, can I get an amen from the worship people in the room? Amen. amen. That's what they do. Absolutely. All right. Bella tonight was talking about that to all of us before we started the night. She was like, that's what we do. I'm excited about that. So I was too. All right, so now that we've got these seven, everybody got the seven elements down? Everybody take your notes, I hope. So now that we have those, and my hope is that it's creating in us a spiritual habit of worship and the postures that we can use in worshiping the Lord, here's what we must know. The last thing is God desires our full heart. God desires our full heart. See, music is a gateway to the soul. Did you guys know that? Inside and out, the idea is that when, when you hear music, and you, you may say, well, the music I listen to doesn't affect me. Well, if you think about the music you listen to, think about the concepts and ideas and things that you're hearing, and eventually you might be interested in those things or do some of the things that you're hearing. You're like, well, it really doesn't affect me. The Bible says that basically garbage in is garbage out. Bad things in is bad things out. So if you're allowing spiritual things to be fed into your heart and your mind, then that stuff's what's going to start coming out of you. So when I say you have a praise habit, you're starting to listen to worship and listen to things of the Lord, and that then starts to affect you. That's how God can then get into us and be able to move in us. The music industry is so filled with crazy stuff. But can I tell you that today a lot of big companies are investing in Christian music. Um, if, how many of you guys have ever been to Winter Jam? Anybody in the room? Winter Jam all around? A few of you? So Winter Jam, you would say, ah, maybe not so cool. Middle schoolers, everywhere. Like, they were all into Winter Jam. Uh, so but here's the deal. Did you know that Winter Jam, for the last four or five, maybe six years, is the top-selling concert, traveling concert anywhere in the world? They sell more tickets than U2. They sell more tickets than Dave Matthews Band and all the rest. They do. They sell out most of the venues everywhere they go. So now, most of your Christian artists are moving to Nashville. So is Sony and everybody else because the Christian artists are the ones that are selling out their shows. Why? Because God is inhabiting those people, and it's making a difference, and they have a lot of followers, and it's happening, and it's real, but that's how God can get in by us listening to the, to the things that he would rather us listen to, and then he inhabits us. A guy named Johnny Depp, everybody fans of Johnny Depp, know who Johnny Depp is in the room? A few of you, yeah, mostly girls, mostly. Um, here's, what, here's what Johnny Depp said about music. He said, music touches us emotionally, where words alone cannot. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, the guy who wrote Paul Revere's Ride for you people who like to read, he said, music is the universal language of mankind. Do you get that? Music is a universal language of mankind. People can resonate to music anywhere but there in the world. Bono, the lead frontman for the world-famous band called U2, had been around a long time, he said this, music can change the world because it can change people. And you might have, you know, been a young person and said, well, music doesn't really affect me. Music doesn't change me. Here's a guy who travels the world now for like 40 years, and he'll tell you that music can change the world because it changes people. Johan, I was corrected. I said Johan last time. Johan Sebastian Bach, one of the most famous composers of all time, said this. Music is an agreeable harmony for the honor of God and the permissible delights of the soul. Pretty powerful, right? 
Worship, get this, worship basically can delight our souls. All the other music of the world basically returns void because it's just meaningless. But worship is one that delights our soul fully. Pretty powerful stuff. The sad part is, even though I'm telling you about all this worship stuff tonight, for many of us in the room and a lot of other Christian people, worship, music, can be foreign to all of us. It can be foreign to us because when we leave this place tonight, we may not hear worship again until next Sunday night or next Sunday morning. Do you guys realize that? Because as soon as we leave, we turn on everything else. We don't listen to worship. So sometimes it's foreign to us because we'll hear a song tonight. We might not hear that same song again till a week or two from now or if they even replay it. And so chances are you're probably just reading it off the, off the screens. You're not actually singing it from your heart. So when a, when a song is like ingrained into your heart, you, just, you can just sing it, right? You don't have to read it off of a sheet or read it off a screen. You can just, it's in your heart. When you sing your favorite song, do you have to read it or you just know it? You just know it, right, exactly. So I don't want at all for worship music to be foreign to us anymore. Music was and is very important. God invented music. At the creation of the earth, we read that the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Did you hear that? So the morning stars, the stars, the stars were singing together and the sons of God, they all shouted for joy. Psalm 96 says this, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. So we're to be shouting. We should be excited doing these things because, man, we just love God. Sometimes I feel like we're just limited in our connectedness to the audience of God. Because you know in this space, it's not the audience, you're not the audience. Did you know that in worship? The only audience in here is that we are all together. We're singing to the Lord. We're singing about him, but definitely we're singing to him. That's the idea. And I want you to get that. Tonight, I want you to really to learn to maybe resonate and, and build this spiritual praise habit in your life where, man, you just fall in love with worship, that you want to listen to it, that you want to worship him, and, man, he does a work in you. See, hands in your pockets like this, which sometimes we see people standing in the room like this, or our arms crossed like this if we're just chilling there, it's not, those, those are not postures when you think of body language modeled in biblical worship. In biblical worship, worshipers dance before the Lord. They sing praises to the Lord. They raise their hands. They bowed before him. We too, like those people but way back then, should have an unhindered heart that's ready to worship the Lord freely. When I got to college, I saw that for the first time. My friends from Africa and Europe and other places, Australia, who grew up around Hillsong and all these other places, man, those guys could worship. And they showed us, this is how you worship the Lord. Now, some people might feel comfortable in doing that, but the idea is where your heart is. If your heart, even if you want to be still, it's okay. I'm not saying you have to do these things, but these are ways in which you can worship. But the bottom line, all of it's, it's heart. Nehemiah 8.10b says, don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. When you go through hard times, when you're going through a tough moment, my encouragement is you can go and pray, but you can put on some worship music. And if, if it says that God inhabits the praise of the people who begin to worship, he changes how you feel. If you feel down, you feel depressed, you had a tough time, just put on worship. You know, this past week I went through some tough times during the week, but what did I do instead? I put on worship because it changed my mind, my focus, and I could focus on the Lord and get away from whatever crazy was going on in my life. 
2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or there's liberty. Where I went to college, called Liberty University. This verse is the heart of everything liberty is about. See, the idea there, it says, Now the, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom and liberty. Like, do you want to be free? Do you want to have liberty in your life? I hope so. Because what it is is freedom from sin whenever we're filled with it. And whenever we sit here and we have this crazy in our lives, we're like, Lord, we want to get that out of our lives. We want to fill with your spirit. And so as we worship the Lord and his spirit comes in and indwells in us, it purges out all that craziness within us. It needs to get out. The bad habits, the spiritual habits that we need to break, the things that we need to break, replace those with spiritual habits. Like that's what happens. Like, Lord, I need to stop doing that. And you thank him, you worship him because, Lord, thank you for taking that away. And you worship, you praise him. Thank you, Lord, for taking that away. I'm so glad I see students start to stick these little stickers all over the place to, like, stop bad habits and replace those things with good habits, spiritual habits. My hope is that having a praise habit will help you to start covering all that other stuff. The heavens and nature worship the Lord. Our hearts should be hearts that are positioned daily, not just on Sunday or Sunday nights, for a few songs, but positioned on a daily basis to worship and praise the Lord all the time. My hope is that from the time you wake up and throughout your day and when you go home and when you're studying, that throughout your day until you hit the pillow, man, that you'll have a day that's just praising the Lord and worshiping throughout the day. It's possible. Maybe you've never experienced it before. I'm just throwing out this praise habit for you to try. My hope is that you'll try it. And to help you in this process, what we've done is, how many of you guys have Spotify? Spotify around the room? Awesome. I love that. I'm a Spotify guy. My whole family has Spotify. All my kids have Spotify because I want them to have access to all the Christian music they can have. But we've created one on, on Spotify. There's a playlist that you can actually get, and it's called Praise Habit. It has a little student logo on the bottom, orange. If you see it like that, take a picture. You can, you can search it. It's actually, tonight will be on our student um, Instagram. You can get it from there. You can go look it up. It's actually under my profile, Oakley Dixon, if you want to find it there. But just look for it. Find it. And then tonight, before you go to bed, turn it on. It's full of songs that we worship here on Sunday nights and even on Sunday mornings so that you can start having like a nice list. So you're not, when you come into here, remember I told you, sometimes for us worship music's foreign. We don't want it to be foreign to you anymore. We want it to be in your mind and in your heart. So when you come back in here and you're with all of us together, man, we don't have to read the screens. We can literally just worship freely because it's written in our hearts and on our minds and we can worship him unhindered. Would y'all like that? Yes, thank you for smiling and bobbing your head. Yes, that's awesome. I hope you do too. All right, so two more things. Uh, on, your, on your seats tonight, there's a bunch of these little stickers. And if there's things in your life that you need to break and, create, and like put in another space for something positive back in your life and create some spiritual habits, take this and stick it wherever you say, hey, that's a place that was kind of a barrier for me. I need to put that there. So it reminds me that, man, I need to break that habit. And you place up with something good and something that honors the Lord. And then the last thing, what's going to happen tonight is because it's a little different. Like we did the one song and I taught for a minute. Now we're going to have an extended type of worship. So what I want you to do is I want you to stand. And I don't want you messing with your neighbor like I've seen some people do in the room tonight. I want you to kind of be unhindered. If you need to spread out, you can spread out. I want you to hold hands really quick because I know y'all love each other. I want this like family. But after you get free, you can stretch out a bit. So the person next to you is not hindering you. If you want to raise your hands, raise your hands. If you want to clap, I was excited because earlier when we were back in the back in that first song, you guys were already clapping. We're like, yes, they're already praising. That's awesome. 
So tonight, tonight, don't be hindered. Tonight during worship, it's just one audience in this room. It's the Lord. It's not each of you. It's not them on stage. It's us worshiping the Lord tonight. So if you need to come and bow down here, come and bow. Do not be embarrassed. Like I told you, this morning we heard that everybody has these lenses. Tonight we want to break away the lenses. We want those habits of lenses to go away. It's cool to worship the Lord. It's cool to get excited about Him. It's cool just to be in presence of God with our friends. This is a great place to do it. Maybe a little nervous to do it outside of this place, but in here, nobody should be nervous about worshiping Him. Nobody should talk. If, hey, if you get a little maybe distracted, you know what you need to do? Do what I did whenever I was a freshman in college. Just close your eyes. If you want to worship, just close your eyes. You can have your hands here to receive it. You can have your hands here to surrender it. And you can have your hands here like yada, because you just want to get excited about God. You just like, you know, what was really cool? There's a guy named John the Baptist said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That means that it's so close that you can almost feel it. My hope is that as you have a heart after worship, that he would be so close that you can literally feel the Lord. You can feel his presence. You can feel his spirit moving. Amen? So let's pray, and then we're going to worship for a while. So, Lord, I just thank you for these students. God, I pray that you would just be in their lives, God, that they would give you space to move in their lives. And, Lord, maybe they would build into their lives this idea of having a spiritual habitat of worship and praise God. I pray that they would use Spotify and other means to be able to hear worship and to, and to resonate in their hearts. So when they come into a place like this, it's just on their minds and it's on their hearts. They don't have to read it off a screen, but they just know it, God, and they can worship you. I pray they would do that, not just here, God, but even throughout their week, that they would wake up each day and spend their days in that so you would give them smiles on their faces, that you would make them happier than they've ever been, God, because you inhabit the praises of your people. So tonight, I pray that we hear worship in this place, that we hear the voices of God calling out, singing to you, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you that you drew us here together. And Lord, may when we come in this place that we all feel safe to be in your presence and to worship you, God. May you move right now. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.